Hey, fellow nerds, welcome to Research Hole, a podcast where I talk to artists about the research holes we fall down on the way to our projects. I'm Val Howlett. We took a break last week for the week of Thanksgiving. Um, I At first I thought, okay, I'm not going to be able to record a full episode because we and our family were hosting about, I, I want to say like 12 to 14 people, which was like our first time doing that. And um, I hope you found some other podcasts to listen to on your downtime in the meantime. Um, I do have a treat for you this week. Uh, We have a return guest, uh, physicist and my brother, Joey Howlett. Welcome back, Joey. Hey, thanks for having me again. If you listen to episode 15, which was on native plants, Joe was the guest and he listened to me talk a bit about my interest in native plants. But before that, we just had a general chat and he is someone who likes to fall down Wikipedia holes specifically. And we started talking about some of his top 10 favorite Wikipedia pages of all time. And one of the Wikipedia pages he started to tell me about, (laughs) it needs its own episode. So what you're getting today is a Wikipedia special. I think a Wikipedia special is a great uh, thing we can do occasionally when we have a guest who loves something. Who is, who um, is too lazy to do research beyond research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, we, we don't always have time to do a fucking deep dive, but we've all da- fallen down Wikipedia holes. And sometimes they take us somewhere else and sometimes... We just get to enjoy the bizarreness of the Wikipedia page for what it is, which is what you did, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a really good Wikipedia page, even by Wikipedia page standards. The story is great, and also, it I think maybe because of the limited the limitations of the record on this story, uh, the Wikipedia page is kind of like single source almost like there's like a few accounts and it's using those few accounts so it's very coherent uh relative to other wikipedia pages so i think that's part of the reason it's so good you want to reveal to the listeners what the secret um wikipedia page we're going to discuss today is yes well it's likely the title of the podcast episode i'm not sure i it always like there's always this thing where people do this like long reveal in podcast episodes but it's like, I read the fucking title. It was the first thing I did was read the title. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, but I, it's so common. Like, everybody's always like, our guest today is. You're not going to believe it. It's like, it's in the fucking title. <laughs> uh, it's because we're living in the moment, we hosts. We're like, oh, you. we haven't said this before. Like, we're not thinking about this. Like, because you make an episode before you create the title or the back end stuff. Yes, like, or the show notes. Yeah. It's the whale ship Essex. Um, which is the inspiration. So a lot of people might already know the story. I'm going to assume that you didn't. Um, it's the inspiration, Herman Melville's inspiration for Moby Dick. Got it. Okay. So listeners, you could not listen to this episode and just read their Wikipedia page. Cause that's all you're getting. But I think you should listen because Joey's going to tell it in a better way than yeah, I mean, I'll definitely try. I, I'll also say, like, if you've read Moby Dick, that doesn't mean you know this story. There's actually really little overlap uh, between this story and Moby Dick, except for the subject matter. Uh, 
but but I get why it would inspire a guy. So I'm not an expert on whaling, of course. I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. I read this Wikipedia page and I read Moby Dick, and that's it. Um, but let's 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 start from here. Like this whale ship, the Essex, left from Nantucket, Massachusetts, which is the island off of Cape Cod. Um, there's a whaling museum there that I still haven't been to and really want to go to. Uh, but the ferry. Uh, from Cape Cod to Nantucket is pretty expensive and I'm still pretty poor. So some some someday I will spend the $100 to go to this fucking whaling museum. Yeah, uh, I only just learned because we went to Cape Cod uh, this early fall that Nantucket, it's like the farthest island out of those islands, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's the furthest out, yeah. And, it, and it's, I will say, like we stayed in this place called Barnstable when we were in Cape Cod with our family. Um which will feature in this story in a very, very minor way. I think it'll oh be my God. the last place mentioned in our story will be Barnstable. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so a little bit of, first about whaling. So there, whaling, the whaling industry in the U.S. in the early, like this, is, this story happens around 1820, this ship sinks. Um, in the early 1800s, like, Whaling, of course, was a very primitive thing. It, it was done with harpoons from, from ships, right? There was no, like, mechanized... And there were sailing ships. So there were these big sailing ships, and it was this huge industry in New England that would depart from these places like Nantucket and with a big crew of, of, of seamen. And it would go all the way around, all the way down through the Atlantic, around Cape Horn, the bottom of South America, and mm-hmm. out into the Pacific Ocean, where the main hunting grounds for, for sperm whales were. And so it was a multi-year voyage that you would go on uh, with like a crew of 20-something people. And uh, I mean, but it, there was good money in it because because sperm whales had this stuff called spermaceti that like lives in their head, in the, in the front of their head. It's like this kind of tissue that I don't understand that well. But it was used to like light lamps and make a lot of things um, in that Okay. Time. Okay. So, eventually, eventually, it got displaced by like kerosene and other things, which um, is probably good for the whales. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because like this was a really primitive form of 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 hunting, but they des like even in this early time of the eighteenth, you think of like ecological decimation as being kind of a modern thing, but they hunted the fuck out of these whales. Like like so, sperm right whales are basically extinct still. The, the northern right whale is a whale that was way closer to Nantucket, in, to Nantucket in the Atlantic. They're basically near extinct even now, if I'm remembering right, from, because of this early whaling thing. They, they hunted the shit out of these guys. Um, and sperm whales, too. They, like, they, were, they took a huge hit in that century just from like 20 dudes on boats with harpoons. It's crazy. And what is... First of all, that's blowing my mind. I I have not read Moby Dick, so this is all super new to me. What exactly is a harpoon? I'm imagining I'm imagining it being like a really long stabby thing that you throw. Yeah, that is what it is. And this yeah. must have been early enough that like cuz it kind of blows my mind that they went from the Atlantic to the Pacific and then I guess back. Yep, all the and- way around South America. And that must have been because, like, the it's early enough that the West is largely... There's no way of transporting them through the U.S. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, the, the so, like, Missouri becomes a state in in the same year, I think, around this... Within a few years of this ship sinking. 
So okay, like, gotcha. yeah. So like, the Mississippi is kind of the end of the U.S. Got it. Um, and the, you know, like the Mexican-American War hasn't happened yet. Mexico and Spain on the on the west. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there, there's there's all you, all we have is this shore, the Atlantic shore. Yeah. Right. So you got to go really far to get the whales, bring them back. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they started the whaling industry started at a time when you could hunt whales in the North Atlantic. Um, but those hunting grounds were basically hunted out by this time. There was no whales to be found there. So you had to go all the way around to the Pacific. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> is, is Moby Dick, is that on the Atlantic or is it the same thing, the Pacific? Same story, yeah. So that, that ship, it, it, the story of Moby Dick takes the same voyage that the Essex does, essentially. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Imagine this. There's 20 of us, me, me and you and our crew, um, right. on the whale ship in the morning. We see a whale. We see a blow, right? We see a whale blow. We say, there she blows. And we then do we say get, that. We say that for sure. And then we get... We, <laughs> the we, SS we get Howlett. <laughs> we get in our little whale boats and we uh-huh. lower them off the ship into the water. So now we're on our little six-man whale boats. Say there's three of three crews of six men on these whale boats, like on the Essex. So now we have three whale boats and we start going after the whales on the whale boats. When it surfaces, we, we throw a harpoon or two. Now it's attached to our whale boat and it starts, dra- maybe it takes our whale boat on a Nantucket sleigh ride. It drags our whale boat our six-man whale boat off to the horizon. But eventually it we, we get another harpoon in it. It tires itself out. It dies. Then the whale ship has to come up to the whale, right? We go back to the whale ship. There's a couple men left on the, on the ship. They sail the ship over to the whale. They tie the whale's corpse up to the side of the ship. Okay? Yeah, that's me. I'm, d- I'm doing that work. I'm, I'm yeah, like... you're, you're, you're roping it up, right? <laughs> uh-huh, but it's still uh-huh. kind of in the water. You can't lift a fucking whale out of the water. No crew of 20 men can do this. Yeah. So it's tied to the side of the boat. Um, maybe you'll lower yourselves onto it and start hacking it to pieces over the course of the next days and bringing, putting the spermaceti in barrels, maybe saving some of the meat. I'm bullshitting a little bit, but this is kind of how I remember it. Right, right. Now, over that day... Sharks are maybe showing up trying to eat the whale. You're having to spear the sharks to like keep the whale safe so that they don't eat it. That's your money, right? They're right. With your money. So you're fighting off sharks. You're cutting the whale up. You you scavenge as much as you can from it, and then you go on to fight another day. There would be no way to have the harpoon attached to the big ship because you wouldn't you get close fast. enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need to be out in the little rowboats. Yeah, to yeah, get up close okay. enough to the whale. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's fucking so, it, fucking dangerous. It's crazy. And the whale is many, many times the size of a rowboat. So, so yeah, it's like the ship is your home base. The boats are your vessel to to hunt with. Gotcha. Um, and another th- interesting thing about whaling is like. Okay, it wasn't integrated, but lots and lots of black people were employed in this way in these days. So there were thousands of, of black people who who went off, free black people who went off on these whale ships and were employed in this way. Um, the crews usually slept in separate quarters, though. Uh, but it was, it was a, people would work together on the same boats of many different islanders, too, um, from the West Indies. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Ever since you described the whale boat how a whale gets killed i've i've felt a little stressed and nauseated even though 
I know lots of things get killed like this, and it was a long time ago, and whatever. But there's something about thinking about the way that they died. I'm sorry to tell you that that is the... That is the most pleasant death in this story. <laughs> okay, that, trigger that warning. Was y'all have been warned. <laughs> yeah, if that was nauseating, it's going to get worse. Get ready. All right, I'm going to sip my seltzer. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, let's start the story. So the Essex is a whale ship that's known for being lucky. It's, it's 20 years old at the time of this voyage. Um, oh. It's had many profitable voyages. So it's kind of an old ship. Um, the... The captain is is named Captain George Pollard Jr. Um, he's, sure. he's the captain of this whale ship. I'll call him Captain Pollard. And his first mate is Owen Chase. These these, these names will be important, but I'll, I'll I'll repeat them many times. Owen so, Chase, a name that has come back around. Oh yeah, both like I, both. I are... could see Owen Chase being like a movie star today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay. So yeah, we got we got George Pollard, Captain Pollard, and we got first mate Owen Chase, and then the second mate is Matthew Joy. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> the... Also a movie star name. Yes. Yeah. Uh... Chris, Christian Lifetime films, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Joy. Uh... <laughs> Either that or porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is a porny name, yeah. Uh, so, so it ha- it has four whaleboats that it normally uses in a, in a backup below decks. Um, so th- there's a 21 person crew. So that's th- three crews of six men to go out in the, in whaleboats at a time, leaving three people on the ship to like manage the ship uh, while the people are out on the whaleboats, right? So 21 is a good number for them. There's uh, seven black people four islanders and 10 white people um and again they they sleep in separate quarters but uh work together uh and the voyage is departing on august 12th 1819 so james monroe is president uh mm-hmm. it's the era of good feelings after the collapse of the federalist party uh this is my I, that's my like one time that i clicked on a second wikipedia page <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so so yeah, they, they depart, and almost immediately, this voyage is not going well. Uh, after two days, so they're barely out of the Nantucket port, there's this a squall. A squall is a common occurrence at sea. It's just a big fucking storm. The uh-huh. squall d- destroys, completely shatters, and, and swipes away two of the whale boats. So oh, we're down, shit. We're down to two and a spare. Okay. <laughs> almost fucking immediately. Okay? <laughs> uh, Captain Pollard says... Whatever, I'm lucky. Lucky ship, lucky captain. Let's keep going. So they don't repair. They don't go back to port. They just keep going. Um, and you know, it, then there's several months pass. It's it's a long start to the journey. There's no whaling, right? They round Cape Horn in January. So the this is taking longer than normal. They have a hard time crossing the southern tip of Patagonia. Um, and people are starting to feel a sense of a foreboding <laughs> on the ship. Yeah, how uh, are they doing on food? They like they're like, good on food at this point, I imagine. Totally good on food. They're no- near to shore. There's no like major threat here, right? So, so, so the plan is to go all the way around, go, go, get around Cape Horn, go north, kind of to Ecuador, right, to the tropics, um, and then and then start hunting whales off the coast, off the west coast of uh, South America. Um, so, so far, they're pretty close to shore. Squalls are a danger. People can die, but food is not an issue. But okay. people are saying that there's some bad omens uh, and they're getting worried. You know, they're, 
you're gonna whale men are a very like superstitious bunch i get the sense (laughs) sure that makes sense there's a lot out of your control yeah exactly so like i i feel like there's a lot of like oh if so and so happens then it means we're fucked you know but also i i get i get having bad feelings like yeah i don't know they're gonna go hunting for whales off the off the coast of 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 atacamas so but they have no luck so they're staying around atacamas and hunting and hunting and hunting but they find fucking nothing um and they they found that other whaling ships over the last years this is the history of whaling that you whale out a region until there's no fucking whales left then you go to another one and it turns out that this the whales were exhausted there's no populations left here and one of the sailors at the end of the summer, Henry DeWitt, deserts at Atacamas. A very good choice. Yeah, Henry DeWitt. <laughs> he, going he says, with his it. gut. <laughs> it's beautiful Ecuador. Like, I could just chill here. Everything's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> there's lots to eat, okay? So, like, but, but they hear that if you go to the what's called the offshore ground, which is way out west. So, if you shoot out straight west into the Pacific from Ecuador. So, this is along the equator. Um kind of an America-sized distance west, right? So, like, imagine New York to California, like 3,000 miles west out yeah. to sea. Yeah, oh, God. Um, they hear that there's tons of whales there. Uh-huh. <laughs> All you got to do is go way to the west, away from civilization. Just not near anything that could help you in any yes, way. Yes, exactly. And the the kind of superstitious and, and maybe racist bunch of 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 whale men are also very terrified of cannibals. This comes up a lot in uh, Moby Dick too. They're they're constantly talking about the cannibals on these islands that are like way out in the Pacific. So they're that maybe that contributed to this guy's desertion. Um, but they're like, okay, fuck it. We're gonna restock our food. We need to get some whales. Can't go home without whales. So we're gonna go out way out to this offshore ground after we restock. They restock in Galapagos. They go to Galapagos. And they capture 300 giant Galapagos tortoises. <gasps> you know, oh, the, tor- no! the ones Darwin like rode around on the no! beach and shit. Yeah. They, they grab 300 of them. They decide oh, no. like, oh, these, th- these things are really tasty. They hear a rumor that these tortoises don't need to eat or drink. Like they can survive for a year like camels or something without eating or drinking. That's Is not that- true. Okay. <laughs> it's not true. They were just slowly dying on oh, the ship. God. Yeah. Oh, 300 tortoises. Some of them, like most of them, they keep in the holds, and they're, the plan is to just slaughter them as they go, right, to, to eat. Um, but they, they, like, let them kind of, like, walk around decks. <laughs> so, <laughs> some of them are allowed to just, like, walk around. Uh, so you got all these, on the, uh, like, below deck, you got all these Galapagos tortoises just walking around slowly? Yeah, you got 21 men and 300 tortoises. Oh, my God. <laughs> Living tortoises, yeah, That's so not bad. eating or drinking, really fucked up. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. But some are allowed to roam the ship at will. Um, uh-huh. Okay, and then they, but, but they, they're, they're like, okay, we got food. Let's leave Galapagos. But before, before they leave Galapagos, the helmsman Thomas Chapel decided to set a fire as a prank. So this is on Charles Island in the Galapagos. I don't like. Is a fire a prank? Like, I don't understand how that's a prank. Maybe humor was, like, a really different, you know, culture, humor. It's, it's, it Maybe. Also, I don't fucking get pranks. Like, I kind of hate pranks. You're not a prank so fan. So you're, you're talking to the wrong guy. Like, whenever yes. there's a prank on TikTok that Car- Carmen's watching TikTok, I make her swipe. Because I you're can't... like, this is unpleasant, yeah. I just... 
I, it could be a whole episode, but I just feel like mostly pranks are just mean. Um, it's just schadenfreude or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's just like doing something mean to someone else, but it's like only gently mean or like bizarrely mean, so it's funny. Yeah. Um, but I also am someone who doesn't like being surprised, and I realize that's not everyone's experience. That said, setting a fire is just shitty, and and yeah. a lot of pranks are just shitty. Yes, mostly they are. You're okay. going to find that this is a particularly shitty prank. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he decides to set a fire as a prank on this island, Charles Island. Galapagos Island, right? They already got 300 tortoises. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But it's the height of the dry season. So the fire immediately becomes a wildfire. Uh-huh. And burns down the entire island. There is nothing left. So um, The Galapagos? The, yes, on the Galapagos. So to this day... The extinction of two species, a species of tortoise and a species of mockingbird, has been traced back to this fucking fire. Who said it again? Which dude? This is this is Thomas Chapel. So fuck Thomas Chapel. He does not. He he doesn't admit to, to setting this fire. Sure. Uh, but he does admit much later, so we know that he said it. The crew's super pissed. Captain Pollard is saying, "I'm gonna whip the shit out of whoever did it." Um, but it, it doesn't come out till much later that it was Chapel. Um, yeah, and so, he's yeah. none of the main guys. He he's not Michael Joy or whatever. No, he's he's the helmsman, which you the know, helmsman. I don't know what that is, but yeah, that's his job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so okay, they leave they leave the, oh <laughs> the Galapagos oh decimated. Oh <laughs> uh, I, I will say, many years later, one of the survivors returned to this island and found quote a blackened wasteland. He observed neither trees, shrubbery, nor grass. So completely destroyed. But the um, Galapagos tortoises survived? There's many kinds of Galapagos tortoises. Okay, but the one okay. from that island is extinct now. Fuck. Yeah. God, uh, explorers are the worst. Yeah, also like ex- human extinction, human-induced extinction of species is not a modern phenomenon, you know? You just gotta yeah. look to the dodo. Like, like we, we've been fucking shit up since day one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so I, also, I was about to, I felt bad please. for the tortoises on the ship, but now I kind of am like, well, maybe it's not. It's all a the, wash anyway. There's, there's no <laughs> upshot. No, the story is not going to be great for anyone. There's Sorry. no moral. Okay, okay, okay. Good and evil, neither neither succeeds. <laughs> I'm gonna stop making making uh, moral yeah, moral distinctions here. Yes, <laughs> Let's yeah. just go on. Okay. Uh, okay. So so they they leave. They cross an America sized distance to the west, right? Due west from from the equator, from Ecuador, and they finally reach these fishing grounds. Um, and they spend days finding nothing. They're like, "Are we sure this is where they?" Oh said- no. <laughs> They're like, this is not going well. People are getting pissed, right? Like, people are starting to feel angry. And the captain and first mate, Pollard and Owen Chase, are, are beefing a little bit at this point. Uh-huh. Um, they finally find a whale when it fucks up one of the whale boats. So oh, this, no! The whale boat gets a hole in it. It's not destroyed, but, it, but it's, it's brought back on ship. So now, remember, two got completely destroyed. Right, we were down um, one, to four. We were down right? to three. So there was there was four and a spare. So there was five right. total. Two got destroyed. One just got injured. So now now we're down to two and uh, one needing repairs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Captain Pollard's a little worried at this point because now we're down to twenty men because that guy deserted. 
So that means if you put three crews of six men down on whale boats, there's two dudes left on the ship. Two men is not enough to man a ship. So the captain is worried already. Yeah. Because imagine this is a big 30-man ship and there's only two dudes on it. You know? So can he send out, does he send out less boats? At this point, he has no choice because the third um, the right. third whale boat is, is damaged. damaged, so it's back on the ship. So Owen Chase's whale boat is damaged. He stays on the ship to repair it. Um, but the next morning, it's November 20th, 1820, uh, they, see, they see spouts. There she blows. There she blows. Uh, yeah, they see a whole pod of sperm whales. So a, a pod is the, the unit of, of whales. It's a group of whales. It's all women and calves, uh, cows and calves. The bulls are kind of like individualistic. Like they, they live alone or in little groups of bachelors. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the cows do all the raising of the calves. So it's like the cows and the calves are very social, um, but the bulls are very antisocial. Uh, that's, that's, that, that's the social unit. So they, they see a pod. Great. We can hunt a bunch of whales. Um, and okay, so immediately, let's see, one sec. Yeah, so Chase Chase's whaleboat is kind of repaired a little bit. Um, so he goes, all three whaleboats go out, right? Three three crews of six men. But Chase's whale, poor Owen Chase's whaleboat gets damaged again, almost immediately by a whale. A whale oh, no. smacks it with its tail the moment <laughs> it gets in the water. Um, so he brings it back up shore, uh, onto the ship. So Chase is back on the ship. He's out of commission, um, repairing his whaleboat. Uh, Which is probably good because now there's three people on that ship. Now there's a lot of people on the ship because his crew of six is on the ship. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. So there's two whaleboats in the water with six men each. Pollard's whaleboat and Joy's whaleboat. Uh Um, Captain Pollard and second mate Joy. They each harpoon a whale. Uh, they, they each harpoon a different whale. So it's like, oh shit, we're, we're, we're hunting now. Um, Yeah. But each of them goes hard Nantucket Slayer ride. <laughs> <laughs> but out so they, in like the open ass sea. Yes. So they're both of them are dragged almost to the horizon. Oh my um, god. Miles away by their whales, right? So so okay, great. They they're hunting whales, they're doing their job, but they're far off the boat. And that's when th- everything goes to shit. Oh my so, god. So Chase is on his boat on the boat, right? There's remember there's eight men on the boat now. Mm-hmm. Chase, Chase, they're working really hard to repair his whaleboat. They're like, fuck, there's finally whales here and we're down to two boats. Um, so they're working really hard to, to, to repair the boat. And then something weird happens. They see a big fucking whale, a bull, definitely a man, a, a male, because it's so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's acting weird. Usually they just like swim alongside or swim away or something. The ship is big. But this whale bull is due bow. <laughs> Uh-huh. So behind. Uh, in front, in front. In front. <laughs> right in front of the ship. Right in front of the ship, but far out. There's a gigantic whale kind of like lined up with the ship and facing it head on. Uh-huh. Just like floating in the water. They've never seen anything like this. This is not normal whale behavior to like square off with a fucking ship. Oh my God. Uh, and it starts charging. <gasps> <laughs> and it... it it picks up speed. It's moving very, very fast. And it rams the boat. And the boat kind of rocks from side to side. Gets kind of fucked up. Um, but the whale dives straight down. The ship is not sinking. Everything's going to be okay. But they're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Um, then the whale, like, comes up next to the boat. And kind of, like, lines up alongside it. 
and seems kind of fucked up and confused. Like it's kind of just sitting there, right? Motionless next to the ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody's like, what is going on with this whale? It's like a crazed whale, right? Yeah. Chase grabs a harpoon. He looks down the side at the whale and he's like, I can nail this guy. I think I can kill it um, and at least get it away. But then he notices that the whale's tail, the fluke, is right next to the ship's rudder, which is how the ship steers. Oh. And if he hits it and it smashes his tail in the wrong way, they're fucked at sea 2,000 miles from Atacama, right? Yeah. So what does he do? Does he choose not to? He decides not to harpoon the whale. Okay. Good. And then, and we think good, right? <laughs> we th- you would think. <laughs> and then the whale... The whale kind of swims away. It's like, okay, Uh maybe everything's back to normal. Until they see it again, Uh straight ahead, facing the ship, squaring off, just like the first time. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it begins to pick up speed. And it starts coming down straight at the ship, faster than before, twice his ordinary speed, according to Owen Chase. Um so this is 44 kilometers an hour, kind of kind of 28 miles an hour. It's like, imagine like a, it's like a Mack truck going at 30 miles an hour, right? It can't move that fast, but it's fucking massive. It's not a Mack truck. It's a goddamn whale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I get it. I get it. Not don't need crazy fast, but certainly fast for a whale coming toward your ship out at sea. Yeah. It's 85 feet long, this whale. Oh my God. Yeah. Smashes the ship head on. Oh my god! Completely destroys the bow. The the, the whale's head is stuck impaling <gasps> the ship. Oh and then fuck! With, with this a is lot some of, jaws shit. Yeah, with a ton of effort, it manages to dislodge its fucking head. Oh my god! From the from the bow of the ship, only to leave a giant gaping hole, and the ship immediately begins tips forward and begins to sink headfirst into the ocean. Holy shit! Gone, completely decimated. Um. Chase, first of all, Pollard and Joy, nowhere to be seen at the fucking horizon. They got Nantucket sleigh rided, mm-hmm. so they're gone. Mm-hmm. It's just this eight-man crew with this broken-ass, one broken-ass whaleboat. Remember, two had been destroyed. And 300 bro- turtles. One broken-ass whaleboat, 300 <laughs> turtles, and a sinking ship. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're fucked. So, <laughs> so they immediately began, like doing everything they can to get this whaleboat in the water and get it afloat. They grab a bunch of sails thinking maybe we can like makeshift add some rigging to make this like little whale rowboat into kind of a sailboat, like make a makeshift sail. Mm -hmm. Um, And William Bond, the steward, which I don't know what that is, but he, he, he's smart. He goes below deck and gathers the captain's sea chest, which has navigational aids and maps inside. If he didn't do this, they absolutely would have been fucked. Um, like no, there's no doubt that nobody would have survived. Uh, but William Bond, quick thinker, grabs the sea chest. Then yeah, they everyone's get, they thinking get, pretty well under pressure. Everyone's doing okay. Uh, then the then Captain Pollard's boat gets back. Um, oh my god! No rec, no record of whether they caught their whales. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but the captain's boat gets back, and he can't talk. He's like, "What the fuck is going on?" He <laughs> says, "My God, Mister Chase, what is the matter?" Uh, Owen Chase answers, we have been stove by a whale. Oh my Uh, god. First time I've heard the word stove in this context. I guess it means like, I don't know. Uh, Nobody knows why this whale did this. So quick aside. This is still very confusing behavior. Now whales, 
bull whales do kind of charge each other head first and bash each other. That's kind of how they fight. Mm-hmm. That that spermaceti stuff, the kerosene substitute, it lives in their head. So they kind of you the you can think of their head like a giant padded boxing glove, right? Shielding their brains. So they can kind of bash each other without much damage. Um so that's kind of how they it, it like it matches up with a mating ritual a little bit. Not a mating ritual, but like a uh male competition thing, you know. Mhm. So maybe this whale thought the cuz he's so big. This whale is like abnormally large. Maybe it thought the boat was another male whale. Um nobody knows. Because remember, the males don't chill with the pod, right? They're right. not part of the pod. So they were hunting down this pod, but why did this bull care? Maybe he felt a sense of competition about the females in the pod with this ship? Who knows? Would um, it would it be like, those are my kids? No, not really. No, that's not really their vibe. Yeah. yeah. They just, they're just trying to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they're not yeah. good parents. So it's, it's, so it's probably competition. Yes, but not, not known. Um, some people have speculated that maybe the nailing of the damaged whale boat, they were na- trying to re- fix the whale boat on the ship. Maybe the hammer made a weird frequency that's similar to the echolocating sounds of sperm whales and maybe confused the sperm whale. That's another theory. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Anyway, they're fucked. They spend two days. So the, the, the boats come back. Now they're remember two normal boats, one damaged boat. They're trying to rig up sails. You got all 21 men on these boats. Um, They're next to the shipwreck. They go back. They keep diving in, trying to get stuff off the shipwreck. Um, Sure. You know, tortoises are too heavy. Uh, (laughs) Tortoises, no no tortoises make it out. But they do salvage some food. But it's mostly like waterlogged, seawater food. So not particularly nourishing. This goes um, really well with our scurvy episode, actually. They make makeshift mass and sails using the, the sails that they have. And they, they do their best to beef up the ships, right? Uh-huh. Um, they look at the charts that, that our, our friend, um, our friend the steward, William Bond, grabbed from the sea chest. And they, they're able to figure out, they think, where they are. And they say that, okay, we're shipwrecked kind of near the Marquesas. If instead of going back home... Instead of going to South America, we shoot for these Polynesian islands we know to be kind of a, a thousand miles away. Um, the captain wants to go there. Uh, they're, they're inhabited islands. We should be able to, we know that it's possible to get food there and, and survive, right? Right. But the People crew, are afraid of cannibals. Exactly. The uh-huh. cannibals. So uh-huh. superstition comes to bite them. Um, to this day, Even Herman Melville uh, kind of quipped about this, that if they had just gone to the fucking Marquesas, all of them would have survived. Yeah, I I can't believe they didn't. I can't believe this cannibal superstition ruled there because that's really close. That's that's so. Wow. Yeah, they they fucked themselves. And yeah, Owen Owen Chase is the leader of this opposition. Owen. that's yeah the first mate so captain pollard's kind of the winner here i mean if we're he's the smart one in this case yes in this case owen Uh, first of all got the ship well i guess it's not really his fault but owen is is down two for two here yeah he's not having a good day Uh, (laughs) he says that they should go back to south america Um, (sighs) 
not to mention yeah south america to get to south america they can't even go straight because of the winds the winds took them out but to get back to south america they need to sail south for a thousand miles Uh and then east for three thousand miles i'm so stressed out (laughs) oh my god yeah they're fucked (laughs) um even though this would be more than twice as far they decide the the captain okay democracy let's let's go um Keep in mind, there was already a lot of tension. So the captain might not have had... They might have mutinied. Like, he might not have had power to force them toward Marquesas anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So they're going to go. They're going to go south and then east. I'm going to refer to the boats as the pol- the the uh, Pollard boat, Captain Pollard's boat, the Chase boat, Owen Chase's boat, and Matthew Joy's boat, right? Each one has a, ca- a captain of their little mini boats, right? Right. Um, Chase's is a little fucked up. They start rationing food and water, but the food is seawater food. So they eat the food, and that makes them thirsty, and then they drink more water. So they get they, they burn through the fucking water, right? Oh, no. And it's because the food, they're like, okay, well, this waterlogged food is contaminated. It's going to go bad if we don't eat it now, so they eat it. And w- within a couple weeks, they're they're out of food. They're rinsing their mouths with seawater sea to stave oh, no. off thirst, and they're drinking their own urine. Okay, two oh, weeks in, no. drinking their own urine. Drinking their own urine. Yeah. They did grab, I'm wrong, they did grab some of the turtles, uh, uh-huh. the, the tortoises. So the whale boats have a couple tortoises on board. And they're like um, basically rowboats, so there's like a tortoise in there. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. my God. Six men and a tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what they're eating, but they, they, you know, they're running out. And the boats are not meant to be like lived in. Right. So there's always leaks happening leaks springing out and timber getting lost at one point one of the boats spends weeks leaning on one edge to raise the hole the the side with a big hole in it out of the water so everybody's like leaning over the side for leaning like for week. days oh my yeah. god yeah uh trying to repair while they're trying to repair these holes um, all because of racism <laughs> yeah. Right? Like if they weren't okay, racist. You sound immoral. <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's no moral. No, you're right. There's no moral. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think it is, it's poignant. Yeah, that fears of cannibals fuck them. Uh, okay, they got storms. Everything's fucking them. They, uh, yeah, they're bailing water constantly. Okay. December 20th. This is a month, a month later. Um, they're start. They're absolutely out of food and water drinking their urine. They find an island. Mm-hmm. It's called Henderson Island. Um, they don't know it's Henderson Island. They think it's Ducey Island, mm-hmm. uh, but it's Henderson Island. At least they have maps. At least they can kind of figure it out. Um, it's a part of this thing called the Pitcairn Islands, uh, which is a, a, a kind of group of islands. Uh, and if they, you know, 120 miles to the southwest of the island they landed on, uh, there's a lot of these weird serendipities here, or bad luck situation so so there's an island 120 miles to the southwest where they would have found the descendants of the survivors of the hms bounty of mutiny on the bounty what (laughs) yeah so the hms bounty where there was a mutiny and people said fuck it let's live on this island and they prospered and had kids their descendants lived 120 miles to the southwest (laughs) of henderson island where our crew is is now shipwrecked is there um, anyone on Henderson Island? No, there's nobody. But they find water. They find a small freshwater spring. Mm-hmm. And they find birds, crabs, eggs, and peppergrass, all edible. So they're Great. amped. They can eat and drink. But 
after six days, they've exhausted all of the island resources. <laughs> <laughs> they gorge themselves on birds, crabs, eggs, and peppergrass. There's yeah. nothing left. Yeah. Six days later, December 26th. So this is, again, a month a month and six days after the shipwreck. Oh, my God. Um, they're like, we're going to start. We're, we're full right now. We might as well dip while we can and set sail for another island, right? Mm-hmm. So they say, okay, let's get back in our whaleboats. Three men, William Wright, Seth Weeks, and Thomas Chapel, the fire starter, mm-hmm. decide to stay behind. They say, fuck it. Like, there's no food here, but you're just going to go die in the ocean. Might as well die here. Right? They're like, we'd rather die on land? They just say, fuck it. I, we think our best chance is to stay on Henderson and hope for a rescue. Uh-huh. So they, they stay on this island with no food. Okay. Uh, so bye-bye Thomas Chapel. We can say goodbye to him. Yeah, um, fuck him. We'll, re- we'll revisit the fates of everybody at the end. Okay. So, so, <laughs> uh, and it's worth saying that these three men were the only white people not from Nantucket. So they're kind of like, fuck this whaling shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're like, yeah. we're not, we're we're not getting back in a boat. Like, we're yeah. not. So, and I, I sort think- of get it. Like, if you've been in a rowboat leading, leaning to the right for a week. I it, it sounds I get I get why you'd want to die on land. Yeah, right? Like I I think I might be of this crew. Like you feel so fucked. Like you're in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> the Pacific Ocean <laughs> is so big. Uh yeah, I mean I, and I guess the Wikipedia page is implying here that non-whites are hardy because of life being difficult and mm-hmm. whites from Nantucket are hardy because they're from Nantucket. So they're, I, I think the Wikipedia page is implying that these three are the weak ones. Okay. Uh, but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> okay. So now we have 17 people left in three boats. Okay. Uh-huh. We, got jo- we still got Joy, Chase, and pa- Pollard. So we got our three captains in the boat. Um, they take whatever they can, crabs and shit, with them. But in three days, it's all gone. Out of mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Um they're they're trying to shoot for Easter Island. Uh, they're thinking, okay, we know we kind of know where Easter Island is. There's probably food there because they have their maps with them. But uh, on January fourth, this is like a couple of weeks later. They're like, they look at the stars. They say, no, I think we missed Easter Island. Let's go <sighs> for this island called Masa Tierra. Um, and at this point, shit starts to really go south. So they miss they missed Easter Island. They're out of food. Um, and Matthew Joy goes first. So Matthew Joy, our, our porn star, mm-hmm. uh, and second mate, he's always been kind of of poor health. So he starts dying. He gets worse and worse. And eventually he's like, okay, I'm dying. I want to die with my captain. Put me on Pollard's boat. Um, and on January 10th, he's the first guy to die. He, uh, he dies of starvation or thirst or whatever on Pollard's boat. Bye-bye, Matthew Joy. Uh, Hendrix takes over Joy's boat. Uh, this guy named Nantucketer Obed Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's now the leader of Joy's boat. Um, okay. Then, th- this is where things are really going south, okay? We've had our first death. The yeah. following day, Chase's whaleboat gets separated from the other two in a squall. So a oh, storm no. hits, and at the end of the storm, Chase's whaleboat is nowhere to be found, okay? Uh-huh. Um... Then uh, Peterson, so I'm going to tell the story. I think this is, yeah. So Peterson, who is the oldest crew member and is on Chase's boat, then dies like a couple days later, January 18th. 
um, the oldest crew member is now dead. We're up to two deaths. Uh, both Joy and him, when they died, were sewn into their clothes and buried at sea, according to the custom. Okay? So, uh, Matthew Joy dies. They, they throw him out to sea. Then Chase gets separated and Peterson dies on his boat. Um, they throw him out to sea. I feel like cannibalism is going to come back. <laughs> yeah. So... This is January 18th. Because if they're that hungry, right? Yeah. They starve. They hold out cannibal-wise for another... Now, keep in mind, uh, there's a little bit of food left. So they've been been rationing. They're starving and dying. But there's a little bit of food left. But yeah, on February 8th, uh, another member of of, of Chase's crew dies, Isaac Cole. And they decide... They discuss, <laughs> and they decide, let's keep this one. Let's not throw him to sea. Yeah. Um, we're totally out of food. I think we should eat. And they decide to resort to cannibalism. Irony. Irony. Oh, the my God. The problem with cannibalism is it's You can't not cook easy. him, right? You it's, can't it's, cook him. Yeah, it's not easy. So they cut him open. Uh-huh. They find some soft shit in there. They eat his liver. They uh-huh. eat his kidneys. Oh boy! But his flesh is too chewy. It's kind of, it's kind of right like, because it's raw. Because it's, it's raw. raw. Yeah. So you know, oh. you know, on this boat, we're down to one, two, three people, uh-huh. and they're eating it, three people and the cut open body of their friend. Uh-huh. They're, they're eating, trying to gulp down his sinewy flesh, but they oh, can't no, do it. Oh no! No, it was the word sinewy, Joe. That was Sorry. it. That's on the it's page. Okay. It's on the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, continue. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go back in time now. So that's that's kind of the fate for a few days of the whale boat of, of Chase's boat. Go back, which in time is, which to, is separate, right? It's in its separated. own spot. Yeah. yeah. So back to the other two boats. Cut back to the other two boats just after the separation. Um, they run out. Uh, Joy's boat, captainless, runs out of supplies on January 14th. This is well before the cannibalism happens on the on Chase's boat far away. Um, they ran out of food on, on January 14th, but Pollard gives them some of his food, so they're they're pooling their resources, and altogether they run out of food on the 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, kind of around that time, they start having deaths. Thomas dies January 20th, and they decide... Uh, they have no choice but to keep his body for food, independently arrive at cannibalism a full 18 days before Chase. So <laughs> while Chase fucked up, they made it further cannibalism-wise and, and food supply-wise. But okay, January 20th, we're keeping the body for food. Um, then immediately afterwards, three more deaths, Shorter, Shepard, and Reed. So we're up to something like six or seven deaths. They're hanging on to these bodies. Mm-hmm. Then and the I imagine there's nowhere to put them either because these are just rowboats. Yes. So they're just there with the, the body. Oh, God. Yeah. The bodies are just there on the boat with you. Yep. Yeah. Tiny boat. Yep. Uh-huh. And it's like, I think you're kind of delirious and not really <laughs> keeping track of what's going on anyway at this point. Yeah, at this point, you're just a little half ghost yourself. At this point, I'm wishing I'm on the island, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then the two boats kind of drift apart. They get separated. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, joy... everyone's delirious and weird now. Everyone's losing their shit. So the joy boat is down to three people. Hendrix, Bond, and West. 
far away, the chase boat is also down to three people, including Chase. Um, the Pollard boat has done better. Uh, I think there's four or five people left on the Pollard boat. Um, and they separate. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the Pollard boat for for a while now, okay? The Pollard okay. boat, which has has fared the best so far. Pollard was a smart guy. He wanted to go to the that the island where they would have survived, right? He wasn't scared of cannibals, right? Pollard also shared his food with that boat when they ran out of food, um, running out of food sooner himself. So he's generous. Um, good captain all around, I would say. Uh, but they run out of food on February first. Uh, including cannibal food. <laughs> so, uh-huh, yeah. They run out of their dead friends as well. They run out of dead friends and food. So what are we going to do? We're absolutely out of food and water. We're all going to die. They decide that one of them needs to be sacrificed. Oh, my God. For the survival of the remainder. Yep. They decide, they decide one of us has to go. Or we're all going to die, right? There's four people on this boat. Um, they draw lots four ways. And... Owen Coffin, Pollard's 18-year-old first cousin, 18-year-old boy, who, he, who Pollard had sworn to protect to his parents, draws the black spot. No. He's going to die. Pollard says, no, I, I, you're my cousin. I promise to protect you. Kill me instead. <gasps> but Coffin replies, no, quote, no, I like my lot as well as any other. Wow. Coffin replies, no, I like my lot as well as any other. So I don't give so, a fuck if I die at this point. Is this what is he's better. This is better for me than you guys anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> 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 but who's going to shoot him? They draw lots again to decide. Oh who <laughs> Charles Ramsdale, his, his young friend, draws the black spot and shoots Coffin in the head. And the, the, the three remaining people, the captain, Ramsdale the friend, and Barzilai Ray, who I believe is one of the islanders, uh, consume the body. Okay. So now, yeah, that's the... That's the next step, isn't it? First yeah. you, you eat your dead friends, and then you start killing people for food. And you start killing people. That's where we're at now. Yep. Yeah. Um, we're getting close to the end. So February 11th, this is 10 days after that murder... Um, Brazilia Barzillai Ray dies. Um, so now they, they 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 eat Ray, of course, and for the remainder of their journey, Paul, Pollard and Ramsdale, who are going to have a decent outcome, survived by gnawing on the bones of their two dead friends. Cut back to Chase. <laughs> Chase and friends. There's three left. Three left. They, they've eaten their friends. Uh, they've eaten. I think they've only eaten one friend. Yeah, they've eaten one friend. They're out of food. February fifteenth. Um, <clears throat> they they survive four days without food. They're about to die, and then, off the coast of Chile, the British vessel Indian spots and rescues them. No! Oh my God! Yes. Chase, Lawrence, and Nickerson survive. Um, the 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 Indian grabs them. Uh-huh. Uh, then, separately. Captain Pollard's boat, containing only Pollard and Ramsdale gnawing on the bones of their friends, is rescued <laughs> when almost in sight of the South American coast. They literally make it to South America. And a Nantucket whale ship, the Dolphin, um, finds them. So this is... Okay. So, so Chase was found... Chase's boat was found 89 days after the sinking. 
So 89 days at sea. Um, and Pollard was 93 days at sea. This is a higher survival count than I suspected. Expected, so we're at right? four? Four yeah, people? So now Five people? Four, four people have survived. No, three people on Chase's boat, two people on Pollard's boat. Five survivors so far. Five people, yeah. Um, but, you know... <clears throat> oh, and, and they say Pollard and Ramsdale, the people on Pollard's boat gnawing on the bones, were so completely dissociative that they did not even notice the dolphin, the big whale ship, alongside them. And they freaked out and tried to r- r- run away when they saw their rescuers. <laughs> oh, um, shit. Yeah, they're fucked. Uh, then, you know, they're, they're all, they get transported to a bigger boat. They're being watched by a doctor. They tell the, the officials... We left three people behind on an island, on Ducey Island. They're wrong about the island, but they're close. Um, and the authorities look up who's nearby. They find a merchant vessel, a prison ship, actually, uh, that was at crossing the Pacific. They tell them to look on, on those islands, and they find them. All three. No! Weeks in Chapel, who stayed on Henderson Island, survive and are, and are rescued. Um, oh! No, note that they are only rescued because their friends went out to sea. If everybody had stayed on the island, they surely would have died. Right. But given that it's a kind of a prisoner's dilemma, given that your friends are going home, maybe it's smarter for you to stay on the island to just hope anyone gets rescued. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have to eat each other, so that's good. No, no eating. So we're up to eight survivors. Um, Okay. Then March 17th, uh, the re- they're reunited. Pollard and Ramsdale meet up with Chase Lawrence and Nickerson. Um, so now we're up to eight survivors. Uh, seven people. So this is, this is the end uh, of the story. The third ship, uh, Joy's ship, without Joy, Joy had died, but Joy's ship and, and its remains were never recovered. Um, okay. A long time later, one sec. A long time later, a whaleboat was found washed up on Ducey Island with the skeletons of three people inside, much, much later. So probably that the Joy Boat, everyone died, and it washed up on a nearby island. Those are not as bad odds as I expected. I mean, consider, yeah, so considering bad, right? everything that happened, it would have sucked to be on Joy's boat, but truly it sucks to be on any of the boats. Eight people survived. Seven people had been consumed. Wow. So, depending on how you feel about odds. <laughs> eight, eight people sur- survived after consuming seven of their friends. Yeah, you were just as likely to be consumed almost as you were to yes. make it out. Yeah. So this is the end of the, of the Essex voyage, the ill-fated Essex voyage. Um, everybody returns uh, to Nantucket, eventually gets home. All eight of these men go to sea again. No. Within months. Within no. months of their return to Nantucket. Even the guys who stayed on the island? All eight. Oh go my back God. To sea. Pollard himself returns to sea in 1822 as a captain. Oh my God. Less than a year later, he returns as he goes out as a captain of a new whale ship, two brothers. What? Um, which gets wrecked in a storm. <laughs> <laughs> Off the coast of Hawaii. It's like, guys, read the room. Like, after that, you got to do something else. Yes. 
So then by, by this point, after Pollard's second shipwreck, he's considered a, quote, Jonah, an unlucky person. I think this is a clever reference to the biblical Jonah. Right. Who gets captured in the belly of a whale. So I guess Jonah in the Bible is pretty unlucky, having been eaten by a whale. So Pollard is also unlucky, having eaten his friends. <laughs> um, so so nobody would trust him to, to be on a ship again, and he, he retires uh, by default. Um, he becomes the night watchman in Nantucket. So he's he's <laughs> he's the guy uh, in the lighthouse in Nantucket. Sure. That's a much better uh, job for him. Yeah, great job. Yeah. Uh, every November 20th, the date of the sinking of the boat, he would lock himself in his room and fast in memory of the men of Essex. He dies in 1870 at the age of 78 in Nantucket. Aww. Owen Chase returns to Nantucket very soon to find he has a 14-month-old daughter he never met. Um, oh, hey. He he stays home for four whole months uh, before going out to sea. <laughs> just enough time to write a book. The narrative of the most extraordinary and distressing shipwreck of the whale ship Essex. Oh, my God. Four so months. This, he really four, hustled. Yeah, he hustled. This, this, is the, this account becomes like the real source material for Moby Dick. Um, uh, he becomes a first mate again. He has better luck. He goes back to sea for 19 years. He only returns home for short periods every two or three years. And during every period home, he fathers a child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never sees them, but father to lots of children. Right. Efficient. His first two wives died while he was at sea. He divorced his third when he found she'd given birth 16 months after he had last seen her. <laughs> uh, although he subsequently brought up that child too. Um, he married four times eventually and ret- and retired from whaling. Um, but he had severe PTSD. Later in life, he began hiding food in the attic of his house on Orange Street in Nantucket and became institutionalized. He died in an institution at 73. Yeah, that's fucking understandable. Yeah, it's interesting that he like ran from it for so long and did so by literally being a whaler. <laughs> yeah, and that, Must but that's how PTSD works, kind of, right? It like shows up later when you don't need it anymore. Of course, yeah. It's yeah. like you don't I mean, need to hide food anymore. You're on land, but that's when he, yeah. Imagine like the whispers on those boats that he was on late. Like that's Owen Chase, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. God, what uh, a storied life Owen led. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cabin boy, Thomas Nicker, who survived on Chase's whaleboat, um, wrote a book much later. Uh, the, the book was 56 years after the sinking uh, and was lost until 1960. So for a long time, there was only one written account of the whale ship Essex, Chase's account. Um, and the second account was recovered in 1960 and, and confirmed in 1984 as authentic. Hmm. Um, he also lived to 77. These people lived like a long time. Yeah, considering... Fucking- you think of them as like heavy drinkers, these seamen, you know, it's like pretty surprising. Risky industry. What yes, what definitely. about <laughs> what about our man who did he survive the man who grabbed the manifests and everything? Bond, our smart steward, was among the three on Joy's boat who were never found. Oh that okay. got separated. Yeah, yeah, poor Bond. Um But our good friend Thomas Chapel, the fire starter. Uh-huh. Um, survived. No. For a while. Uh, yeah, he stayed on that. That fucking bitch stayed on the island. I know. Uh, yeah, so he survives. He becomes a, a missionary. Goes to Timor, where he works as a Christian missionary. Of course, he fucking becomes a missionary. That <laughs> motherfucker. And then he dies of uh, plague fever. 
whatever that means. Good. So he 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 dies. Yeah, no, it's not good. Him. You're right. It's not good. So I'm still trying to resist attaching morals to anybody. Every <laughs> everybody was fucked up. But this guy was just a just really sounds like a real piece of shit for setting the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, William Wright gets lost in a hurricane in the West Indies, disappears. Uh-huh. <laughs> Charles Ramsdale <laughs> dies in Nantucket, age 62. Benjamin Loris dies in Nantucket, age 80. Seth Wheat dies in Barnstable County, Massachusetts. Oh, hey! <laughs> and he survives the longest. He's the last Essex survivor to die wow. and at his home in Barnstable. So, like, as promised, that is the end of the story. Ending on the note of Barnstable County. Um, so, yeah, the, the story goes on to become the Moby Dick story. It also, it also like like I said, this is kind of a single source story, which I think is why the Wikipedia page is so good. There was this book called um, In the Heart of the Sea, uh, which is the tragedy of the whale ship Essex that came out in 2001 and was made into a movie. So there is a movie about this. I watched it late at night on HBO one time. It's not good. Um, That's a bummer I, because they had all the ingredients to make it good. Yeah, I know, right? And it, it's like there's no overlap. It's a great movie. It should be a great movie. There's no overlap with the actual Moby Dick story. So it, sh- it could be an independent story. Um, yeah, very disappointing. Uh, I remember when they were advertising this movie, I was like, because it was like 2015 or some shit, I, and I had already had this Wikipedia page. I was like, finally, there's a movie. <laughs> and Murphy's in it. It's going to be great. Uh, and then it was awful, yeah. Uh, Why was it bad, do you think? I don't know. It's just some movies are just not good. It just wasn't good. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, You'd have to make it like really colorful and hallucinogenic as well as fucked up, I think, to really capture the story of this. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because there's the Nantucket culture, right? There's the whaling, like the the New England stormy seas type of thing. But then it's like, no, they're dying in like the tropics in these beautiful islands in the Pacific. Like it. It's such a different, like the there has to be so many vibe changes over the course of this story. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're experiencing this like awful fate in this like beautiful place, and yeah, all because they fucking are scared of cannibals. Right. Oh my god, so Joey! Joey, that was that's amazing. <laughs> that was all on the Wikipedia page? Yeah, pretty good, right? It's it's a really detailed Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, it's a great great page. Was there any boring shit you left out? Yeah, a little bit. I I I read it like twice this morning so that I could kind of, I took notes so I could kind of hit the more interesting stuff. But most of it is interesting, you know. Yeah, I'm like why is that Wikipedia page so good? I guess because it's so obscure that no one like whittled it down maybe exactly i think it's because there was kind of this one book right um, which was very exhaustive there's clearly a couple of like pbs documentaries and stuff um but like this single book is sourced like a hundred times on this page uh i mean i do think probably a couple of very dedicated people put the page together it's a really good wikipedia page by any standard yeah right yeah whaling is crazy man (laughs) <laughs> I I cannot I use so now everyone sees why we wanted to make this its own episode because it just it's good the right? story yeah. tells itself but also Joey yeah. you did a really good job <laughs> oh thank you yeah I mean I have to say like so I've read the Donner party page you know all the accounts like the Donner accounts are all really conflicting a lot of 
a lot of some of them claim that others are lying about the cannibalism there's like a lot of it's a lot more complicated this is like i th- i found this to be a more engaging cannibalism story than the donner page at least because after this i of course went and read the donner Wikipedia page yeah well That's like the famous one we all know about you know well and the interesting thing about cannibalism here is it was fairly consensual question mark or at least yeah. was portrayed that way um well, everyone was happened the way it happened in parallel in all these separated boats make made me feel like they definitely discussed it very early on you know yeah like i feel like they were like well if we get to it you know <laughs> like I feel, I feel like they were probably i mean cannibalism was definitely on the mind from the fucking get right oh yeah no they were thinking about cannibalism i mean what a I just the irony kills me reports of cannibalism in the polynesian islands were really popular in the u.s especially among whalers in this time because they saw it as this exotic place that they had to venture to right mm-hmm. um but these reports were incredibly overblown yes there's very and they were seen as being like ritualistic cannibalism not necessity cannibalism there's almost no conf- confirmed uh examples of ritualized cannibalism on any of those islands there's but there are many reported cases that do survive of ancient cultures that or like remote cultures that engaged ritually in cannibalism but very very much overblown they absolutely would have been fine on almost any island they land on where there was people yeah it was like fear of the dangerous other yeah i mean in so the best character Anybody will agree that the best character in Moby Dick is Queequeg, uh, the islander, whose te- teeth are sharpened from cannibalism. He, sh- he sharpened his teeth um, because he comes from one of these cannibal islands. So it's like a that that cultural, ra- that racism very much seeps into Moby Dick, but he is by far and away the best, most enjoyable, fascinating character, even though he is a caricature. Uh, so I, I, I mean, yeah. It, clearly this kind of lore figures heavily in the way people thought about whaling yeah the fears of exotics etc yeah when really i mean the biggest danger of course is nature right it's the sea it's yeah like... obviously and each other like like mutinies and shit like that were far more common you know it is kind of amazing that like throughout all this there was no successful mutiny i guess they were all too much on survival mode to really mutiny yeah, well, and the captain was pretty competent. Like, yeah. Like, Pollard didn't make that many bad decisions here. Um, actually, I mean, okay, he made a really bad decision early on to keep going despite the loss of two whale boats, right? Very early on. Yes. Um, that was a really bad choice. But beyond that, it's like, he did pretty good. So, yeah. and I feel, and like he, you know, he could have insisted that they go west, when everyone else wanted to go back to South America, then there probably would have been a mutiny. Right. And you know, he's one guy. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do um, something I learned this week? Okay. Okay. So for this something I learned this week, Joey is going to give me a much briefer Wikipedia special. Something I learned from Wikipedia this week. <laughs> Amazing. So I don't think I've told you this before, but it's a very fun Wikipedia fact. Wi-Fi, meaning the Wi-Fi that you and I are using to talk right now, right? Wi-Fi. W-I hyphen F-I. Sure. 
the etymology of Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, the name, do you know the etymology of Wi-Fi? No, no. no. Wi-Fi, the name Wi-Fi was coined by the brand consulting firm Interbrand. Uh The Wi-Fi Alliance had, as yet unnamed, Wi-Fi Alliance had hired Interbrand to create a name that was a little catchier than, quote, IEEE. 802.11b direct sequence, which is the <laughs> former name of Wi-Fi. Wait, wait, does it stand for wireless internet? Is that what the Y is for? Wi-Fi stands for nothing. What? That is your fun fact. Wi-Fi stands for nothing. It, it was never, people call it wireless fidelity, but it was never officially a shortened form of that phrase. They it was, is just Wi-Fi. They were it's just like, just Wi-Fi, that sounds catchy. Yes. Wi-Fi stands for nothing. That's the fun thing. <laughs> Isn't that great? Nevertheless, the Wi-Fi Alliance used the advertising slogan, the standard for wildless fidelity for a short time after the branding was created. So they, they did kind of think of it as an acronym post hoc, but it was not. It stands for nothing. Wikipedia. <laughs> Um, you know, this year I'm thankful for many things, but one of them is Wikipedia. <laughs> and the fact that Wi-Fi stands for nothing. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad it stands for nothing. The world is better because Wi-Fi stands for nothing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> um, Thanks for that. And Joe, thank you so much for doing this for us once again um it was awesome and horrifying oh thank you for having me i do have something to promote um, yeah the short the short film me and my friends made is now up on youtube um it's called up to here uh if you search i mean it's, it doesn't have enough views yet to be the first <laughs> search result but sure, if you look yeah. up, up up to year and howlet you'll it'll come up or, or something like that yeah i absolutely will link to it in show notes yeah Great. up to here um so everyone go check that out. Y'all have under three minutes. Um, and just, Joey, you're the best. You just listened to Research Hall. I'm Val Howlett. Our logo is by Leah Felicity Lucci. Our music is by our guest today, Joey Howlett. If you'd like to send us something you learned this week, you can email me at researchholepodcast at gmail.com and you can find me at the Howlett on Instagram. Goodbye. <laughs>